This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Okay, Kevin Fal- Falcon yeah. is the new leader of the BC Liberal Party. No surprise. It wasn't a surprise. I mean, I guess we were thinking, well, does he stall a little bit in that first no. ballot? But he had such, he had so much support in that first ballot, for, you couldn't for, catch him. 47% on the first count. Uh, so basically, and that was a pretty impressive 20-point gap between him and Alice Ross. Alice Ross did, uh, you know, um, well pretty as well. well. He did sure. quite well. The others did not. Yeah, uh, really, it was a, it was an Ellis Ross and Kevin Falcon uh, leadership race at the end of the day. Okay, let's have a listen to how it sounded on Saturday night when they announced he was the winner, and then some of his comments. Here it is. Kevin Falcon, fifty-two point one nine percent. Ladies and gentlemen, congratulations to the new leader of the BC Liberal Party, Kevin Falcon. Thank you. What a night. Thank you that none of you have ever forgotten the importance of our party and our purpose. The BC needs and deserves a government that believes that a private sector-driven economy is the best way to generate revenues so we can fund first-class public services. Going back to free enterprise government in British Columbia. Well, when Kevin Falcon was finance minister, he presided over a fairly expensive public sector investment. I mean, BC Liberals, for all the talk about them being a free enterprise coalition, which is what they call themselves, still presided over a huge amount of capital spending of taxpayer dollars on infrastructure, which is great. And the NDP's continued that as well. So, uh, I mean, Falcon was, I think he was transportation minister when we twinned the the Portman Bridge. Sure. When he's the one who built the Canada line. Yeah. Uh, These were public sector driven projects yeah. so uh but it's it's interesting i think i think falcon provides a um an energy boost of significant amount to the bc Liberals. i wouldn't underestimate this guy at all i mean the ndp no. are right out of the gates attacking him like oh this guy is yesterday's man well they were Gordon. attacking him before he became leader because they knew where they this knew was where headed. going yeah uh, so i think it's uh i think it's a new chapter in bc politics yeah. uh, and it doesn't really matter that he's not in the legislature because he's you know he can't take his his seat in terms of pre- um participating in the proceedings he can actually be on the floor of the legislature as a former MLA. Right. But he can still be out in but the he hallway. he can't talk. Can't talk, but, <laughs> but he can talk in the hallway. Yeah. He can talk in the in the scrums. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he can achieve a media presence. Just be, just because he doesn't have a seat in the House doesn't preclude him from do you think, appearing in front of the TV cameras. Do you think a former leader, Andrew Wilkinson, maybe steps aside for him so he can run in Kil- Kilchenna there? Well, Very safe seat for the Liberals there. That's a speculation. Yeah he, yeah, he basically doubled his opponent's vote last time, and that's been mm. the norm for, for some time. That was the entry point for Gordon Campbell. Uh, yeah. When he became leader, he didn't have a seat back in the 90s. Art Cowie, the MLA yes. at that time, stepped down, and Camel came in through Colchena. Then he switched to Point Grey after after that. Yeah. Um, so that, that that's the speculation. There will be pr- pressure on Wilkinson to do that, but uh, he doesn't have to give up his seat. If he wants to stick around, he can. 
Do you think the NDP, NDP will go after him as the, this guy is like a private sector real estate developer? He spent 10 years in the real estate sector. I put that to him this morning in an mm-hmm. interview, and he said, well, it wasn't all real estate. We were, I was involved in like breweries and stuff, too. It's a far-flung business interests he had in the private sector. But the NDP will paint him as like a fat cat real estate developer. Oh, sure. And they're going to already – I mean – their news release came out 10 seconds into his speech on Saturday night, um, so they were ready to pounce. And again, when you're in government, you're going to do, and he admitted this in his, his speech, that he said we didn't get everything right, which is true. So, that, of course, you take the mistakes or the controversies that he was associated with uh, when he was a, a cabinet minister, and the NDP will, will uh, jump on that and seize on that. I mean, the, ICB, the problems with ICBC, for example. Yeah. Uh, the money laundering stuff, uh, all that's all that baggage that you accumulate in government will come out with uh, with his ascension to the leadership. Now, baggage works both ways. The NDP now has been in power for almost five years. Uh, they're going to, and by the time we get to the next election, they'll have two terms in government, which means they will accumulate some baggage as well. And and Falcon will seize on that. I don't think he's going to advocate some sort of hard right. Uh, restraint agenda no. because you can already hear him in some of his talking points. He's talking like, childcare. Yeah, he, like he frequently talks about ten dollar a day childcare, yeah. right? So, I, which I think is an indication that he realizes if they're going to win back some of those swing seats, especially in yep. the suburbs of Metro Vancouver, yeah, y- you can't just appeal to your base. Yeah, and I think he'll, I think he may catch the NDP off guard on this one because they again. I think it's a mistake. Well, we'll see. The Kevin Falcon that we first met in the late 1990s was the hard-edged right-wing partisan. Yeah. When he became minister, that softened a bit. He wasn't a right-wing health minister, uh, and, that, and that softened his time in cabinet. So we'll see now that he's leader. The fact that he's talking childcare uh, to me tells me that that is a position that will change under his his uh, leadership from the, the BC Liberals' previous uh, position. Justin Trudeau's advocating childcare that caught the Conservatives off guard federally. That's one reason. You know, the, the Conservatives lost four f- federal seats in Metro Vancouver, and I think the childcare issue was problematic for them. And I think Falcon realizes that he wants to own that one. I think a caller phoned me on the open line. Is that if this guy promises to bring back those bridge tolls, forget it. I'm not. I'm not going to vote for him. I think I'd be the kiss of death for him. He's not that dumb. Well, he did. Ex- he did say scrapping the tolls was bad public policy, but, but he I wouldn't think, bring them back. I don't though. think he'll bring them back. I don't <laughs> think he'll go to road pricing. Yeah. I mean, there's a populist streak to Kevin Falcon. Yeah. And I think he, you know, he. I had coffee with him at the beginning of the campaign. He very much knows they've got to reconnect with the voters of Surrey and Langley and Chilliwack, right? The Tri Cities. That's how, that's their path back to power. It's not uh, through um, through the interior or the north. They need those suburban seats. He also is recognizing they have to diversify. That's easier said than done. The NDP was able to diversify through that uh, equity mandate. Yes, you know, which was basically forced. Is it quotas? Basically, basically it was criti- You know, critical at the time. They were under heavy criticism, but it paid off for them. Uh, I don't think the liberals will go that route. So it's gonna that's gonna be a tougher nut to crack for. Kim okay, Trump. I think he's. Um, you know, the NDP should not underestimate him. I think he's a he's a smart political organizer. He really works hard. He's got a young family, which is I, I think could be appealing to voters. So yeah, you know, the NDP are certainly going to go after him, but. He he could, I think he's going to be more effective than Wilkinson was oh, as the leader. Considerably more effective. I mean, I don't think Wilkinson was effective at all. Yeah. And I don't. I didn't detect any great enthusiasm within the party for his leadership. Now, there are some divisions that were on display in this in this leadership race where Renee Merrifield and Michael Lee and, and to a lesser degree, Ellis Ross were quite critical 
of Kevin Falcon. Yes, well, that guy man. Val Litwin said he'd quit the party if Falcon won. Yeah, I don't think. Well, I guess as he quit. Well, I, I don't think he... that's as problematic as an MLA. He's not an MLA. Yeah. You know, an MLA, the, the rift between MLAs is much more serious than non-MLAs. But I think that rift will, and we've seen the rifts before in leadership races. And those, those, you know, Falcon went after Christy Clark pretty hard in 2012, lost to her. And what did Clark do? Turn around and made him deputy premier. Right. And now, that said, I, th- I think he could be an effective leader. That said, the, this NDP government is hanging in there pretty well in the polls. Yep. Horgan's personal approval ratings are still pretty good. Oh yeah, and there's a lot of there's a lot of support for Horgan. I think. Yeah, I've got a piece out today. Uh, I think the public moved for for two years in this pandemic was to give the governments a break uh, right across the country, with some exceptions, Jason Kennedy being the notable exception. But when the looking at the government as basically your savior, ha- holding your hand through this pandemic. But now as we get into a different stage, as restrictions are lifting where we're told to start living with the Omicron variant and adjust accordingly, I think support for governments are gonna, is going to take a bit of a hit. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to drop the NDP numbers down. So Falcon, in many ways, is coming on stage at, at the perfect time. If he had been elected leader last year, I think he would have been, again, uh, stuck in anonymity. But I think you're going to start seeing media coverage of politics, traditional politics, increase than what we've seen in the last two years. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me ask you real quick about the situation in Ottawa. State of emergency has now been called by the mayor, and there are continuing calls to get tougher on enforcement. But the people in the, who live in that blast zone there, as they call it, with the trucks, I mean, they're basically being being tortured. I mean, this is like psychological warfare down there. It's, it's an occupation. Yeah. I mean, imagine living beside that. Anyway, have a listen to this. This is federal NDP leader Jugmeet Singh speaking this morning. He wants the government to step in here. Have a listen. It is clear that this is this is not a, a protest. This is uh, an act to try to overthrow the government, and it is getting funded by foreign interference. And we need to investigate and stop that, stop the flow of that foreign interference, particularly coming from the states. Okay, so I guess he wants what the Trudeau Liberals to step in here and get more. Yeah, it's unclear whether he what wants they do the, though. Wants I mean, the they... army to come in. Uh, the Ottawa police seem to be sitting on their hands i mean there's on twitter there's well, stepped vid- up enforcement a bit a little bit but there's videos on twitter right now posted by journalists of people with jerry cans filling up their vehicles in front of the police so it's uh um, so didn't they seize all the jerry cans of fuel last night not apparently there's still lots flowing around um right. the police chief is now talking a tougher game yeah but it doesn't seem to transmitted uh, to his uh, actual workforce but again it's an extraordinary situation in ottawa i mean okay. the, nation, the, the nation, national capital is under this episode is brought to you by shopify do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real pos You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. All right, phone lines are open, 604-280-9898 is the number, star 9898 on your cell. Julie in Vancouver. Hi, Julie, go ahead. Hi there. I Hi. just want to say I am 100% behind these truckers. They, we've got a charter of rights and freedoms in Canada that uh, many people have forgotten about. And we've finally got somebody standing up for us. And we've got what, about, what, about the free, what about the freedom of the people who live in that, around where that, the blast zone there, where they're sounding their horns all day and night? What about their freedom? Yeah, well, I think that that's, 
That's unfortunate. Um, unfortunate? They're being, tor- they're being tortured, basically. It's like psychological oh. warfare. That's at 6 o'clock they're stopping. The news no, they're not. No, they're not. No, they're not stopping. No, they're not. No, but, just because they say they are doesn't mean they they're stopping. Yeah, and no, I had a guy sent me an email the other day saying, "Oh, they they don't they don't sound their horns at night." I'm like, "Really? I've no. heard from lots of people who said they do." So, Not according to the journalist covering it. I, I don't know. You know, the thing is, though, where is this thing going? Though this is the thing. Like, yeah, you, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, it's tough to tow these huge trucks out of there. Um, do you bring in the army? What does the army do? The, the Ottawa police are taking baby steps in dealing with this. I'm yeah. not sure exactly what the answer is. Yeah, I mean, the chief said the uh, the Ottawa police chief said the other day that everything you do has a risk, a risk of more violence, a risk of even death, he said. Yeah, this group so, basically wants to bring down the government, a, a democratically elected government. You can disagree with Trudeau all you want. Anyone who supports the basically the insurrection of a democratically elected government is not democratic. Brad and Langley. Hi, Brad. Yeah, hi. Um, as a Canadian, I'm totally in favor of protests for everybody to peacefully assemble and, and say their piece. And I believe that anybody with any common sense would see that these truck protests have kind of gone above and beyond that, especially in Ontario and Ottawa. Um, I, what really disheartens me, I was on the counter protest side and, you know, you see police um, not intervening with any of these protests. And then the news footage shows the counter protesters on bikes yesterday, blocking the trucks from getting access to side streets and hospitals, basically to protect our, our nurses and frontline healthcare workers and then they're the ones that the police are arresting and picking up and removing. And I thought that was a little bit bad on the part of the police because it almost seems like they're targeting counter-protesters and not the actual protesters that are causing the disruption. So I'd like to know Keith's uh, opinion on that. Yeah, I, I didn't know that they were arresting counter-protesters. I covered the protest here at the legislature on Saturday. There were counter-protesters there. There were no arrests of anyone, there was a pretty big Victoria Police presence. Uh, mm-hmm. There was some, some you know, some harassment from from the from the truck convoy protesters against the media, but that's to be expected, and, and that's happening in other protests as well. But I wasn't aware that any of the bicyclists were arrested. You know, it was interesting on the weekend. We saw some conservative MPs suddenly do an about face mm-hmm. and start criticizing the truck convoys. Because yeah, we had we, a, a senator uh, uh, broke left the caucus. Uh, you got a Quebec MP uh, criticizing the truck convoy, saying yeah. that they're holding this town hostage. Yeah. So again, this is a this is an evolving situation. I'd be surprised. It, it does literally seem that the proverbial gas is running out of this thing. I mean, there's seem to be stuck in a problem now in Ottawa. Both sides uh, not giving in. But I noticed the the protest in Victoria was about a quarter the size of the previous Saturday. They tried to do it again on Sunday. Fifty people showed up. So well, tomorrow is the throne speech. Are they expecting more protests here tomorrow? Yes. Well, we always have protests on throne speech day so yeah. i think it'll be probably more than just the trucker convoy i wouldn't be surprised if you have ferry creek protesters sure. at the legislature yep. the anti-pipeline protesters yep uh they all have to share the lawn okay adam and langley hi adam go ahead hi thanks uh, i'm 100 percent in support for these truckers uh, just a couple polls i've read uh there was a poll on the weekend that said 32 percent of canadians uh want to get rid of these mandates. I think Trudeau only won with 31% of the federal vote. So from, a, from that point of view, I just also think we got to stop with this intentional inflammatory language, like saying Ottawa is under siege. is just not true. These guys how, are, how would you describe, like if you were living down in that neighborhood and you were living with that, how would you describe it? 
these are acts of civil disobedience and nonviolent protests. So you wouldn't mind it if, like, if you were living beside that and, and that was going on all day, you would, you'd be I, cool. I, you'd be okay with it, would you? I think the right for them to do that trumps my feelings on it. Okay, I think most people who live in that neighborhood disagree. Oh, there's with been you. a lot of arrests. Sick and tired of a it. lot of arrests. There's been 11 hate crime charges associated yeah. with this. This is I wouldn't call this a peaceful protest. Yeah. Okay. AK in Burnaby. Hi. You got 30 seconds. Hey, hey Keith and uh, Brad. Uh, I just got a couple points to make. The first is I basically am fully vaccinated, but I chose not to participate in the vaccine mandate program because I felt. It was an infringement on my rights, and so I went three months, no eating out, no seeing my friends, because you know what, they chose that they didn't want to see me, but I was fully vaccinated. I guess my point is, if this entire situation be resolved, the PM just showed up with an open heart and open ears, and listened to what they had to say. Okay, thanks for the call. Thanks for the call. Well, there's pressure on Trudeau now to suddenly uh, come out and start there is start talking about this yeah. thing and, and uh, coming up with some solutions. Uh, but again, I think he's stuck that there is no magic solution here. This okay. is going to probably drag on for at least another week.